You're listening to the Holistic Interior Design Podcast. This is a podcast that guides you as a new or inspiring independent interior designer navigating your entrepreneurial path. Here, with my over 20 years experience, I will share my holistic approach to design with intention and ancient practices, including feng shui, all incorporating mind, body, and spirit into my design projects. You will also learn from seasoned interior designers as they give strategies and insight of how they built their businesses and continue to work in the field. Together, we will discover supportive trade partners, new ideas, creatives, and inspiring artists from around the world. I'm your host, Rachel Lorraine Crawford. Alrighty, welcome back to the Holistic Interior Design Podcast. I'm super excited. I've got Masha Cohen on it today. We are talking about emotion-infused branding and why it's so important. And of course, this month's theme is all about connecting with the heart center and our emotions in the month of February. And we've got a a beautiful workshop coming up um, with her as well. Before we get started, um, welcome in. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks so much, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So my name is Masha Coyne, and I'm a messaging strategist and a website copywriter for interior design industry. And I essentially write website copy for design industry. I love it. I love that you have like this niche, you're connected with us, you know, our business, our industry. Um, It's an honor to have you on with us. Thank you Uh, so much. Of course. So before I get started, I'm going to go ahead and just light our candle, setting the intention of connection with you, um, just receiving your wisdom and insight um, that all of us interior designers are needing not just the new designers, but uh, seasoned designers as well. We can always use a refresh, uh, a reconnection with what we're putting out there and just being really intentional. And I'm also gonna pull us a card just to kind of see what we might need to know for today. Connecting with our energy. And we have the death card, which is all about transformation. This is amazing. So, (laughs) yeah, so I'm stoked about this because you coming in is going to give transformation to interior designers websites how they're looking at things it's kind of putting down putting um aside the old way of doing things the old way of being and you're coming in with some magical rebirth energy so stoked about that that. what a way to start (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know we've got like the butterfly here there's mushrooms growing there's all kinds of fabulous things happening um, yeah, this is super cool. So I always start by asking the question of what is home? What is home for you? It could be the idea the physical home. It's funny because I always ask that question when I do client interviews with my clients, because it's so ah. important to get their idea because it just helps me write. Um, but to me, home is love, family, comfort. It's kind of like a judgment-free zone it's the not to get too woo-woo about it but the home is I guess it's the one place that really nurtures your soul and that's Mm -hmm. what it is oftentimes it is about my people it's about my kids my husband but it is that place where you're just comfortable and can um where you can just let your guard down Mm. yeah that's so true yeah our homes are so personal and sacred and it's like when you invite somebody in there you're like they are coming into your soul. <laughs> it's like Absolutely. you don't just let anybody in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's amazing. 
Can you share with us a bit about your origin story, how you came about being a copywriter, how you found this niche with interior designers, like what sparked all that and how did this come come to be? Yeah, so I come from the corporate Canada. It's basically okay. I've had um, over close to two decades of experience working in marketing in corporate Canada, working for uh, the corporate, big corporate companies like KPMG, Deloitte, big accounting firms, Not, nothing excited, but I was doing marketing <laughs> as part of that. And so in 2019, writing was always a part of that world, uh, just in a variety of marketing roles. But in 2019, I just decided to go out on my own, start my business. Uh, and that's how Content Vertical, my copywriting agency was born. And in that first year, I was, you know, I was getting a ton of advice from everyone, from everybody, I'm just sure. like I'm sure your listeners are <laughs> like, well, you got to niche down, you know, the riches and the niches. I'm like, OK, I have to pick a niche. And then I yeah. just I didn't know where to start. So I just started looking at everything I've done in that first year, all the copywriting jobs that came in, all the industries I've written for and different services. And this one particular project just stood out and it happened to be one of my first website copywriting projects for an interior designer. And I just thought back, I'm like, okay, what kind of writing do I enjoy the most? And it just happened yeah. to be an interior design one. Just I just loved getting to know the uh, interior designer's story, um, kind of finding a way to tell her story, getting to know her clients. Of course, at that time, I didn't really have any type of process yeah, a lot of it was very intuitive, but I just, I just realized this is the kind of writing I enjoy, and mm -hmm. interior designers seem to resonate with a creative storytelling type of writing. And I'm like, yeah. okay, let's go all in. Oh my and gosh, I yeah. love that you found this niche right away. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah, and only then, a year and into it. I think it takes years sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you were really intentional from the beginning before this whole pandemic thing. So you were already sort of in that vibe of like, you know, what do I want to do that's meaningful and purposeful. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I yeah. always actually start my story with pre pre COVID. Everything <laughs> happened yes. pre COVID because I just meet so many people in the last few years and typically they start their business during COVID. But yeah, with me, yeah. just I got fed up with corporate <laughs> in 2019. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And you spoke a little bit about not having processes in the beginning and that you were very intuitive about that. Can you share a little bit about how you let your intuition sort of guide you and help you discover your process? I think I think it came naturally to me uh, because even in university, I had um, creative copywriting courses mm -hmm. and one of my majors was professional writing. So I knew writing was a, um, a strong skill that I had. But I just did it intuitively, obviously, with yeah. some education and some schooling in that um, in that arena. But um, it came naturally to me. But shortly after, I just realized that I do need a solid process in order to back up with some solid proof yeah. or something that you know, something that truly works and resonates. Intuition can only take you so far. Although I do, I have to say that I do rely a lot on my intuition yeah. in my work and decision making. Um, it, it happens to work, but, yeah. um, but shortly after I started developing processes, just because when you're trying to scale and grow, it's so important to have uh, a solid foundation. And when mm -hmm. you have processes and systems, and maybe it's your signature process, or maybe it's just kind of the, the back end of your business, it just makes things easier to, uh, to function, to operate your business. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I mean, I just love that you had brought in this intuitions piece, piece because 
um, with our design group, we focus a monthly meeting on developing our intuition, on connecting to that piece of us, because I feel like it's so important when you're driving a business and also the other part of having processes and procedures. So we also have that too, to balance the two sides and they definitely go hand in hand. So it was neat to see that you also kind of use that to, to guide your business. Oh, like I said, yeah, I still I still rely on it quite heavily. Sometimes even more more than logic, <laughs> um, and it's it hasn't been you know it has worked uh, yeah. so far so far so good so far. I've been able to rely on that, and it hasn't proven me wrong. Amazing. Can you share a little bit about um, how you collaborate with designers? Like, what does that look like when somebody wants to engage with you? Of course. So I write uh, website copy for interior designers. So typically they come to me from either already um, securing a website designer and the okay. website designer, okay, send me the copy. And the client Got is it. like, oh, okay, that's usually <laughs> on the back burner or they're the bottleneck in that project. So that's where I come in. Um, I do messaging strategies, uh, messaging strategy and copywriting for interior designers. And I have a signature framework that I developed to work with interior designers because I've, you know, I've been working with them for the last five years. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been able to kind of really understand their pain points, really understand what do they need to connect to their audience and my process, you know, it's a ton of research. And then yeah. the main component of that process is client interviews. So basically I take five of your clients, of your past clients, your, you know, most successful projects maybe, yeah. um, or maybe the clients that really represent that ideal audience of yours and I interview them and you know between you and I it is interviews but with clients I usually position them as just informal chats just yeah. to kind of for them not to be intimidated relax. and to, to <laughs> yeah exactly to relax to open up and those client interviews is like copy gold because that's Amazing. where not only I'm getting customer testimonials like the richest one the very yeah. emotional ones but I'm also getting to know their pain points their aspirations mm. how do they make decisions what, you know, who, who were they considering before hiring you as an interior designer? What went into that decision-making process? Yeah. So much gets uncovered during those client interviews. And then I take those insights and basically after doing the competitive analysis and all the background work on you and capturing your voice, yeah. that's when I write copy that truly speaks to your ideal audience because I've had a chance to interview your ideal audience and I know what language resonates with them, what ideas resonate, yeah. you know, what type of hesitations they have. So I address all of that in their website copy. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think so many people or other designers might not realize that when you are going through a rebrand or having a website design that a lot of times that website designer isn't going to write your copy. You've got to bring that to the table. I was <laughs> yeah, this was an interesting kind of learning experience. Uh, a lot of clients tend to think, actually, sometimes they mistake me for a web designer and they come yes. to me and they ask me, like, so you're going to do the whole website? I'm like, no, just the copy part. So I do have, I'm very, uh, very lucky to have, you know, a network of designers that sometimes they are, you know, only exclusive to the interior design community. And yeah. other times they serve um, other industries, but uh, and we now have this network. We now have this relationship where they know, you know, sometimes they're the starting point. Oftentimes mm -hmm. I am the starting point. Um, not always, but yeah, designers simply, they just don't know what they, they don't, don't know, know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, but that's for sure. Happens. And I think it's an eye opener when it's like, wait, what a minute? What do you mean? I have to like write the stuff? Like, <laughs> what do you mean by copy? What? Well, yeah, the words, the words that they're going to actually fill your interior design shell, uh, yeah. interior design website shell. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is great that, that we've got you that really specialize in that space. So since you see a ton of websites, you dive in with designers all the time. I would love to just spend some time to talk about the most common mistakes interior designers make on their website if you're willing to dish um, some of those things of so that we can kind of put some things into action before our workshop and before maybe engaging with you, um, giving them some tangible action points. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. It's actually one of my favorite topics. And because it's not it's not just mistakes. Sometimes I reframe it as kind of opportunities. You know, we Got can it. always make our websites and messaging a little stronger. So where I want to start, I'm going to I think I'm going to go with like seven mistakes, the biggest okay. mistakes that I see. And this, the first one, I think this is the biggest one is attempting to appeal to every possible visitor on your website. Mm. Uh, you know, it's that saying when you speak to everybody or everyone you speak to no one. Because what ends up happening is that the impact of your messaging is diluted. Um, the yeah. result is just generic copy that just fails to resonate with your ideal audience. So it's critical. It goes back to why I do research as part of my project because I'm getting to know your audience. So mm -hmm. the solution for you would be to really truly get to know your audience and not just like topical stuff or surfacey stuff like demographics, you know, yeah. income and things like that, but what what's motivating them? What are some of the pain points they're truly feeling and experiencing? What are some of their aspirations? What are their wants, needs? You know, um, how do they feel about their home? What do they want? What do they need? So those things are very critical. And which is why, like I said, what the big component of my process is those client interviews where I really kind of peel that onion and try to get to know uh, the audience from start to finish. So like I said, spend some time defining your ideal um, client profile. And mm -hmm. I know a lot of experts share that advice. It's no surprise yeah. that anytime you're hiring a brand strategist or a web designer mm -hmm. or a graphic designer, whoever, that's where they typically start. Let's yeah. create that client avatar. And so that's why, because it's so important because from, from there, it has like a ripple effect. You know, when Absolutely. you know your audience, you can use the language, you can use the insights to actually, that actually resonate with them. So that's the yeah. number one thing when your copy actually speaks to that one single group, because that's what you want to do. You want, your, right, you want right. your website copy to speak to that one single group and not to everyone. I think it's, there's a fear with that too. It's also a Absolutely. mindset because it's, you know, well, what if I kind of single out here but then deter the other people that's what you mm -hmm. want to do actually yeah you want to deter <laughs> the wrong thing. clients yeah it, it is a good thing you want to speak to that one ideal client and mm -hmm. kind of deter all the other people absolutely absolutely yeah. okay so what's number two all right so the number two is neglecting copy above the fold and that's what you see typically when you land on somebody's website and oftentimes because i work with interior designers i often see either just an image and mm. no copy, no headline, or maybe like a generic headline or... So the, the, the thing about your above the fold, it's where people land. It sets the context, it sets the mood, it sets everything. And when you don't have 
that one headline, it doesn't have to be long, by the way, it can just be a simple headline that really truly speaks to your brand and speaks to your audience. Going back to that first point, the goal of your headline really is to move your um, user, to move your website visitor just one step down. All you want them to do is just to scroll down. There is no need to sell them on your services, to sell them on your brand. All you want is that one small commitment to make them curious enough to scroll down, to continue learning about your brand, about how you work, the services you deliver. So it's not a huge job, but it's an extremely important one. So when I, you know, when I go to people's websites and I don't see a headline, yes, your work speaks for itself. It's beautiful work, but visuals and words work in tandem always. They have to um, help, they help each other out to sell on you. Yeah. And I would love for you to share a little bit about the above the fold, because I recently just found out where that what this meant and where it came from with newspapers. So can you share just to give the designers, what does this mean above the fold? Of course. So above the fold, it's pretty much the landing page. So on your homepage, when people land on your website, the very first part, the very kind of the, um, the upper part of your website, right before they need to scroll, regardless of the screen size, Yep. that's the above the fold. I know it has origins in the in the newspapers, uh, in the newspaper business, but today with computers, with mobile phones, that's what it means. You want to make sure you're above the fold. Oftentimes we also call it in the copywriting world, the hero section or mm. above the fold, same thing. It needs to capture somebody's attention. It needs to arouse curiosity. It needs to communicate the idea. Oftentimes it communicates the problem that yes. uh, your ideal audience is experiencing or it communicates the transformation that you help somebody create or it simply arouses curiosity. It makes them curious enough to scroll down, to scroll down, to browse your website, to click on different pages. So you, your, your headline along with the image needs to uh, kind of compel people to, to take yeah. that next step. Absolutely. And that's what it really and- is. Yeah, I love it. And it's like if you can, and we're, we're designers who are very visual. So it's like if you think of a newspaper, all that stuff above the fold of the newspaper is what we're talking about. And that's where the origin comes from. Uh, exactly. Which is so it's, cool. Think of it kind of like um, for interior designers, it's kind of like when you design the entry to a home. Yeah. You know, you want that to make the first impression, or maybe the curb appeal, but I feel mm-hmm. like that's going to set the scene uh, for somebody to enter your home. It's like, oh, okay. You know, yep. all of a sudden you're feeling this vibe, you're feeling curious enough to continue your journey through the home. So that's yeah. what it is. It's kind of like the entry to the home is the above the fold for the website. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. All right. Number three. All right. Number three is failing to build trust. So that goes back to not your website messaging has to signal trust to somebody entering your website, to a website visitor. And things that signal trust are customer testimonials because those are case Mm. studies those are real people that have worked with you and they are incredible as social proof they are incredible at building helping you build trust with your ideal audience Um, things like awards certifications um, publication features you know how you often go to the interior design websites and you see that banner with you know featured in appeared on you know those work that little banner with those uh, logos is magic, pure magic. Mm. So 
I always recommend having social proof banner right before below the fold or even okay. right like right under the headline because that's where you're setting the scene and you're immediately as soon as the website visitor lands on your website you're immediately flagging trust yes you can trust them uh, you can trust me because look look these other people trusted me and a customer testimonial often speaks to a um, often brings a point on like why you need to trust this person, yeah. whether it's her the way she works or the way she, you know, the customer experience or something else in that customer testimonial. So do not, uh, do not um, forget to build trust mm -hmm. on your website. That's one of the, one of the biggest mistakes because most people have customer testimonials and that's yeah. probably the easiest thing to just, I call it like strategically sprinkle across your website because yes. I truly believe they should be on every core page of your website. Mm. Yeah. So good. So that's number three. All right. So number four is failing to differentiate. And that's okay. simply as, you know, if you're not differentiating, you're blending in. So not highlighting your unique value proposition. And I know there's so much terminology for this you know, secret sauce, differentiator, X factor, uh, UVP, USP, unique selling proposition. But it simply means what is it? What is that value that you bring to the table? What sets you apart from other interior designers? And I always bring that example. Imagine if, like, I understand that most interior design clients may come to you from word of mouth or from yeah. referral partners. Still, those people, they need to, um, they need to validate uh, whatever they heard from the referral uh, source, from their friend, from their colleague, whoever. Right. So they're going to go and check out your website. And imagine if you had, if they had a hundred tabs open on their screen, because we do, you don't have uninvited yeah, attention sure. of your prospects. So imagine if there's a hundred tabs open, will your landing page, will your homepage stand out? Will there be something that'll hook them? Or is your messaging so generic that it's just going to be, well, I'm not really sure who that is. Yeah. So you want your unique value proposition to be memorable, to really resonate and emotionally connect to whatever your ideal client is experiencing. So it's absolutely critical to differentiate yourself. Amazing. I love it. All right. Number five. All right. All right. Number five is ignoring potential objections and hesitations. So, Ooh, okay. So that's an interesting one because I feel like this is the question that I often ask my clients. I'm like, what's the common objection? And most designers will say, well, it's the money, it's the investment. But that is not true. That's not the only objection that your potential customers may have. Um, your website messaging has to not only address people's questions, but it also needs to anticipate those questions. So you want to, and that goes again, that goes back to knowing your audience so yes. well that you know what kind of objections they may have, what type of questions do, uh, do they ask you during the, you know, discovery call. So make sure to keep track of them because these are the questions that they're thinking about. So um, typical, like some common objections beside the money thing is what if I don't like the design? How do revisions happen? You know, do you have renderings? Do I have to be involved? How involved? How collaborative your projects are? What does the process look like? These are the real questions that your clients, your mm. prospects are thinking in their head as they're reviewing your messaging, as they're looking. Even if they're not thinking that, the fact that your copy addresses those things, it shows transparency. It shows Absolutely. that you know them, you hear them, you understand them. And, and that's, that's a critical part of your website messaging to make sure that your audience, your ideal audience, um, feels heard, understood, 
and seen on your through your website messaging. Absolutely. And are you envisioning this as like a FAQ page or um, what does this look could like? Could be an FAQ. Yeah, absolutely. It could be an FAQ page. It could be an FAQ section on just one okay. of the services pages, but it could also be on your process services pages mm. right as you're outlining your process because it's so critical for interior designers to outline their process because oftentimes it's not as simple as one, two, three. You want to make sure right. you're um, you're outlining your process and actually showcasing to your uh, to your prospects, you know, the, the detail. I'm not saying go into the every minutia into every detail right. of your process, but make them understand that you've got this comprehensive process. You are a mm -hmm. pro and through that copy in those steps. That's how you can also communicate those pain points and those and handle those objections. Absolutely. Yeah. And all those discovery calls that I know all these designers are making, like take note of these questions that keep popping up and you're just going to oh, offer yeah. this beautiful space of security and trust and them knowing, you know, what their fears are and that you can be that guide to take them to the next level. Yeah. I would even suggest have like a, like a Google sheet open, like a bank of ideas, bank of objections yeah. and note, jot them down because you know, you not only during the discovery calls, people are asking those questions, even throughout your project, you're getting texts, you're getting phone calls oftentimes about specific steps in the process. Those questions are amazing. If if one person is having those questions, I guarantee you, oh, yeah. your other clients are thinking those exact same things. So, and you know, the whole idea of website copy, like I said in the beginning, it's not only to address them, but to proactively actually anticipate them. So absolutely. Um, and yeah. I think with that too, I think they'll also get to know that you're like that when you, when they work with you, that you're always anticipating the next thing. So it's not like the contractor is waiting ahead. on you. Yeah. yeah. You're one step ahead. You're five steps ahead. You know, what's coming, you know, what is going to be needed so that they're not feeling that stress and pressure last minute when someone's asking for the paint color, because we're painting right now and the painter is at the plate, you know, it's like, oh my God. And then, you know, that's when this <laughs> stress Absolutely. and pressure comes in and they're like, why did and you, you want to alleviate that? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, all right. Number six. Okay. Number six is missing the personal touch. So mm -hmm. as humans, we crave connection. We make decisions, just like I said in the beginning, we make de decisions based on our emotions. At least I do. And I know a yep. lot of people do too, not just based on logic, but on our emotions. So it's so important to, uh, to make your website visitors feel something. Um, and including something personal on your website, you don't have to go and, you know, talk about your family and your pets yeah. and all of those things, but just creating that, that small connection, giving your audience something to resonate with, because at the end of the day, we're in business of human to human. Yeah. So there's somebody on the end of that screen that needs to resonate with what you are. And you never know what's going to resonate with, uh, with people. I've, you know, I've heard stories where you're, you know, interior designers talking about their divorce or something, yeah. something hardship or something else. And it's incredible that sometimes you find that understanding with your with your audience through mm -hmm. these personal stories, personal anecdotes, you know, um, just kind of letting letting your audience a little bit into your life, because at the end of the day, they're not hiring your brand. They're hiring yeah. you as an interior designer. They, and that humanizes your brand. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I find that also when I'm just speaking with like 
potential clients or potential people afterward they'll always tell me like oh the reason why i hired you or one of the reasons is because i wanted to be your friend i wanted to hang out with you i wanted this yeah. to be a fun process like i thought you know you'd be a good guide and i like just hanging out with you and your energy and and i know i'm going to spend all this time with you so it's really important you know to build it's a so true a because partnership yeah uh, you know what i make those even hiring decisions and when yeah. i hire an expert to do something Oftentimes, it's not because they're, I don't know, the most incredible and talented uh, expert in something. It's that it's the vibe that I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. It's that connection, the chemistry or something that really resonated. And that's how that's how myself, that's how I hire. And oftentimes through those client stories, when I do chat with interior designers, clients, I hear the exact same stories because I'm kind of there trying to understand well why did you hire my client why did you hire the interior designer and i'm hearing the most amazing thing oh it's just because she's so nice and personal but i was like Uh. no like i want to hear about the process (laughs) i want to hear about the service like no it was just so she made it so much fun we went there we went tile shopping this that she made me feel she knew i don't know birthdays of my kids my pets everything it's incredible but at the end of the day we just it's it's all about that connection that you Mm -hmm. have with your audience with your clients Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We're at the last one. Number seven. All right. The last one is weak or vague call to action or actually Mm. even no call to action because, um, you know, I go to uh, interior design websites and I literally look through hundreds of them every month. And oftentimes I would see a page or a few pages just without any call to action. And think of it as like you're inviting somebody into your home. You're yeah. hosting a party and they're walking in and they have no no idea where to go. There's yeah. nothing, you know, nobody's taking their code. Nobody's, you know, telling them when drinks are going to be served. Nobody's telling them when dinner is going to be served. You need to let your people know where to go next. You absolutely right. need that call to action that what step do you want me to take next? You are the guide of your website. Mm-hmm. What step do you want your website visitors to take next? Um, so that's where addressing the no call to action, but oftentimes there is very vague calls to action, something Mm -hmm. like click here, let's chat, reach out, start your project. Yes. In the right context, that button might be great, but it's not the most compelling one to click on because you really want to encourage, um, the next steps you want. So here, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of some good ones, um, because the one thing that you do want to remember, the call to action is not just the button that you want people mm-hmm. to uh, to click on, but it's also that line or a couple of lines just above the button to kind of um, to compel them to take that yeah. next step. So something like schedule your design consultation, ready to transform your home, book a personal consultation with our design experts today and take the next step towards creating your dream space and then the button. Yeah. Or something like discover your home's potential. Let's create a space tailored to you and your family. Book your consultation. That's just literally one or two lines before uh, before the call to action. But it just it just compels you a bit more yeah. to take that next step. So definitely Amazing. include a call to action. Amazing. We'll have to like yeah. do a little um, something where it's like everyone share your call to action and a little workshop. I know that'll space. be fun, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And speaking of workshops, can you give us a little teaser on what we can expect? So we've got a beautiful workshop 
with you with our pro members um, on the 28th of February. It's happening at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time virtually. So anyone and everyone um, can join. You just have to be a pro member. And uh, yeah, so can you give us a little bit of uh, what we can expect in our workshop? Of course. So the topic is building an emotional connection with your audience. And that's uh, such a an impactful topic because emotion, creating that emotional connection is absolutely everything. You need emotional connection and website messaging is crucial because um, it takes your website visitor interaction from just simply transactional to a whole yeah. experience, to a whole experience that truly connects you to, to, to a meaningful experience. So there are a, f a couple of ways that you can um, that you can create that connection. And we're going to cover that in the workshop, but I'm Beautiful. just going to give you a couple of bullet points. So by resonating with prospects on an emotional level, your website can foster trust, build loyalty, encourage engagement, and connect with the brand more deeply. So a few ways that, um, that I will be sharing during the workshop is, for example, how to tell a compelling story, because we know that when you have a storytelling in, uh, through your web, you know, stories sell, facts yep. sell, but stories sell. <laughs> so definitely yep. having that um, having that storytelling embedded in your in your story works. So I'll share a couple of uh, tips there. Using authentic language because authenticity is mm. everything. We definitely yeah. want to um, uh, to use authentic and warm language. Um, showing personality, and that goes back to what I sh uh, what I shared earlier, and that's um, not doing that, not show, not you know missing that personal touch. So yeah. I'll share a couple of tips on how to do that and Amazing. really humanizing your brand. And uh, expressing empathy, you know, understanding so your audience feels heard, understood, and seen. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So these are yeah, just a couple of I'm tips. so excited. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Me too. Yes. I love it. Yeah. That. We haven't had a workshop like this um, yet with the Design Coven. So I think it's going to be very, very valuable. And if you can't make it live, it will be recorded. So you can definitely um, watch it on your own time. And then, of course, with the pro membership, we do have the secret podcast that will be in there as podcast form. So you can listen as you're driving and doing all the other things that you're you're doing in your business. Um, well, I would love to know if there's anything happening with your business in the future, things coming up. Is there anything that you want to share with us as far as connecting with you and all of those good things? Yeah, of course. So I actually just launched my own podcast, which is so exciting. <gasps> so what? It just it literally just happened and uh, a couple of weeks ago. So it's called yeah. Marketing for Designers. Oh, my gosh. Okay. This is it's it's literally all marketing because I felt that there's so many so many podcasts out there and I'm so excited because honestly it's through podcasts for interior designers that I was able to learn more about the pain points that interior designers yes. are feeling and what what it is that they want when it comes to branding and marketing. Yes. So I was very fortunate that I have a whole bunch of podcasts that usually on my roster. And I felt that because I have this huge network of marketers surrounding me, yes. I'm like, why not bring those marketing experts, you know, SEO people, Absolutely. graphic designers, branding strategists, and have those meaningful conversations, how to help interior designers grow their business and, you know, do the right things when it comes to marketing. Because a lot of interior mm. designers and, you know, who are we joking? Like a lot of yeah. service providers are just confused and they're bombarded Absolutely. with, well, you got to do this and you got to do that. So I just wanted to have those conversations surrounding, you know, marketing, bringing the marketing and messaging tips. So, yeah. So the new podcast is Marketing for Designers. So I would love if uh, yeah, everyone follow. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll put the link in the show notes for sure. 
Um, are you going to be doing solo episodes, guest episodes, a little bit of both? So, oh, great question. So it's actually going to be three types of episodes. There's going to be okay. some solo ones when I'm just sharing kind of what we're doing today because you know that's what I do for my yep. uh, for my day job. And then there's going to be talking to experts like myself, but in those mm -hmm. areas like SEO and branding and all those things. And then the third type of episodes, which is actually an interesting one. It's actually speaking with interior designers who really have a strong marketing game and kind of just mm. lifting under their hood and seeing, well, Amazing. you know, what, what do they do that really works? What what are some of yeah. the things that they tried but didn't work? So I already had one conversation with a designer and that was awesome. So oh, really cool. excited to, uh, to have more of those. Absolutely. I'm super stoked and excited yeah. about this. And then are they um, weekly episodes or how often do they? Yes. So, yes, definitely hoping that there's going to be every Wednesday. So tomorrow is Wednesday. actually okay. the second. Yes. Every Wednesday, there's a new episode that's coming out. Perfect. Uh, coming out. Hopefully, I'll be able to keep up <laughs> with that. Yes. Um, there's a lot of pressure. But yes. So tomorrow is actually my second episode is launching. Yeah. And that's with an interior designer uh, who is talking about all things like Instagram and stories and showing Love up it. and visibility and all of those exciting things. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. Thank you. What else do you yeah, so, on? So that's it as far as any kind of um, new events or anything new that's happening. But you can definitely find me on my Instagram and that's Masha.copywriter and we can link in the in the show notes yep. and there I, you know, I show up religiously every single day sharing advice and tips nice. and just kind of you know, um, being a lot more visible because copywriters are typically hiding behind their screens. Yep. So um, <laughs> I show, you know, just I, I know interior designers feel the same way. Yeah. But uh, so you can find me on Instagram, Masha.copywriter, or you can go to my website, contentvertical.com. And down below at the very bottom, that's where I have my newsletter sign up. So okay. every Friday I send um, a weekly tip, like a small bite-sized messaging uh, or marketing tip, uh, very actionable that you can implement today and uh, see some uh, positive changes on your website. Or like I said, in my podcast, Marketing for Designers. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on. And before we let you go, uh, do you have any practices or things that you do to keep you grounded, centered, present, mindful, any of those things? You know what? It's not a... It's not a consistent one, but okay. I do journal when mm. I am facing something or feeling something or experiencing something. And I've noticed every time I do journal and kind of yeah. um, investigate whatever that I'm going through through writing, it helps me. I have either a better day or I gain clarity. And I feel like getting clarity is it's huge. like the most amazing <laughs> thing. It's huge. It's huge. Um, yeah. So yeah, so journaling. I wish I was doing it a lot more consistent, but for now I do it as I'm experiencing something. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank yeah, you thank so you. much for showing up for us today. Can't wait for the workshop. Can't wait for the podcast. I'm going to be listening um, for sure. So just huge thank you and everything that you're doing for our design community. We really appreciate you. Oh, thanks so much, Rachel. You've been listening to the Holistic Interior Design Podcast. If it's one that you have been enjoying, please share with anyone else that you think can benefit from this knowledge and leave us a five-star review that helps us get seen and found by other new and aspiring interior designers. And if you're looking for mentorship, I invite you to join our club here. 
at the Design Coven. It's a bridge between school and real life interior design. We get in much deeper there. We have virtual and in-person events. So everyone is welcome. You don't need to have a design degree to be part of it. Just an interest in holistic interior design. I also want to thank our editor, Marcy Ferry. And lastly, Kinseth Thibodeau, who is our music composer. Until next time, be well, and we will see each other soon.